0: Hello and welcome to Careers Talk, I'm Kerry Eustace. This week in the spirit of new beginnings we're talking about why giving a new boss a warm welcome can help your career and we'll be asking just what it is that inspires people to drop everything and get a job abroad.
1: I mean Sydney, marvellous, Tokyo, fantastic. Uh, Hong Kong, obviously, Singapore.
0: We've also got The Guardian's local launch editor, Sarah Hartley, coming in to talk about how the changing media landscape is creating new jobs in journalism. And she'll be showing her tips on how to snag one of those roles for yourself. First up, we've got our Q&A review with Ali White who has all the highlights from our Career Options for Nurses discussion.
2: Hi, Rally. Hi, Kerry. So what have you been up to this week then? Oh, been busy getting the Vox Pops. Yeah. And yeah, reading up on our nurses' Q&A. Okay, so what was this one like and what were people talking about? Well, it was a good discussion. I had a couple of interesting questions, I thought. Someone saying, uh, Oracle last was saying, what do you perceive to be the growing area in nursing? Where where should she be concentrating, basically? And she suggested perhaps dementia care. And it was interesting because the panel came in and said that the population is ageing, really, and it would be probably a greater demand for nursing care in this area and other such areas as nurse-led memory clinics and fall prevention, so that was very interesting. But a lot of other areas were mentioned as well, like children's services and maternity care and a lot of health promotion to try and stop people developing conditions in the first place. So smoking cessation, uh, alcohol screening. So very interesting. So they're
0: all the growing areas. Um, uh-huh. What other advice were the panel giving about what sort of career options are available for nurses?
2: Um, well, it's interesting to hear that um, 25% of nurses actually work outside the NHS. So there was a bit of advice about if you want to work in the private sector areas that could be um, sort of explored as such as care homes, acute hospitals and agencies, even like cruise ships was mentioned. We had another post as well from Ocean Girl who was looking to career change actually out of nursing and wanted to sign up with some employment agencies for some temp work and has actually found it really difficult and she wasn't sure if it was the fact that she's career changing from being a nurse or just the economic climate. But um, a lot of people had some good advice, really, sort of saying, make sure you highlight your transferable skills, perhaps make sure your CV is selling yourself properly, because especially your um, customer-facing skills, really, is something that should be um, pushed into your CV, because that would be very interesting for employers, uh, one of the um, panellists suggested, and perhaps indicate the reason that you're changing, because people would worry that you're just going to go back to nursing, so... And then just um, as we see in a lot of Q&As, the economic climate just isn't that great, unfortunately. So
0: So I guess you just have to make sure your CV is up to scratch and just keep trying. Yeah,
2: make sure you're competitive is the answer. OK, thanks, Ali. Thank you.
0: Now, I have a feeling Julian is still in the throes of election fever as he's been thinking about changes to leadership in his tip of the week, which is know who's boss.
3: The first thing to do is just accept that your new boss is a boss and not your old boss. No matter how well you got on with your old boss, they've gone. This new person is here. If you fight against it, as so many people do, you're just causing misery and heartache for everybody involved. Uh, And there are lots of advantages. You know, a new boss is coming in with a clean slate. You can start afresh with them. If you've impressed your old boss, chances are you're going to impress your new boss too. But certainly being part of their team, is going to be much more helpful for everybody, and especially for you in your career. A long time ago, back in one of my first jobs, a boss came in um, above me, and whilst I initially had really embraced the change, if I'm honest, I resented the idea that a senior person had stepped in my way for my career. And I made a really pathetic, stupid mistake, which is I chose to ignore them. And I chose to continue as I'd worked before, but as if they weren't there, which was catastrophic because this person was my line manager. I mean, you know, I was acting like a child. They were angry because I was filing my copy directly to the editor rather than going through them, which is undermining. It's insulting. And it was just really bad behavior, actually. Uh, and it all came to a head with the confrontation one day. and I quite rightly had to apologize for my behavior. And a good lesson, I'm glad I learned it because it really helped me to appreciate it wasn't all about me. And I think that's something a lot of people in their 20s suffer from. You know, everything's about them and it really isn't. Work is about your company. You know, we're all working towards common goal. And I got on much faster and much better in my career as a result of owning up to that mistake and saying sorry. So to summarise, my tip this week is remember who's boss.
0: That was creative director at Bauer, Julian Lindley, on why accepting a new boss is important for your career. Julian isn't the only one thinking about change. A new survey by currency broker Foreign Currency Direct has found one in four small to medium-sized business bosses are planning on moving abroad to work in the next five years. According to the survey, those respondents who are self-employed said that they want to relocate because they hope to achieve a better work-life balance, they're worried about the uncertain future of the UK economy, and they don't like the prospect of further tax rises. Any of that sound familiar? Well, Ali has been out and about to hear where the rest of you like to go globe-trotting for jobs.
4: My name is Sean Doyle. I'm a publican. I'm in the industry for the last 32 years or something and uh, did hotels and stuff like that and travelled around different cities in the world.
2: My name is Tori and I work in publishing in London. I actually worked uh, for a travel company out in France when I was um, at university. I just wanted the experience of living elsewhere, like immersing myself in a different culture and hopefully bringing off skills and I guess confidence back so when I went into the jobs market then I'd have some real solid um, experience to work from.
4: I was uh, very young and enthusiastic. And wanted to see something else about where I came from.
2: And um, would you say that helped with your career progression in your life?
4: Yeah, uh, totally, completely. It was a total change around, and I've stayed in that occupation ever since. Broadened my horizon, have seen different foreign people, speaking foreign languages, and just seeing different places of great interest and places to go. It's really nice.
2: I think. Um it opened your eyes to a lot of the things that you you kind of want out of work, and um, I think it was definitely positive.
1: My name is Finn Corrigan, okay, and I'm the regional sales director, okay, for a large professional services company. Well, I worked for uh, a telecommunications company in Hong Kong from 1995 to 1997, or there, thereabouts. So yeah, I really enjoyed it; fantastic time.
2: And what do you think the advantages are to working abroad?
1: Uh, Well, certainly in Hong Kong, it was tax and the the lifestyle you had out there was pretty amazing, actually.
2: My name is Renata. I'm working in the
5: warehouse, driving forklifts, picking, packing, whatever there is to do. So,
1: (laughs) I think it gives you a lot more confidence, actually. I think once you once you get the hang of it, because I mean, my first job outside of the UK was actually as a European internal auditor for a car rental company. So that meant I was in a different country every week, and I did that for two years. So you know, I had fantastic confidence after that.
5: I tried to find something in my profession, but it's hard nowadays, so I didn't try it first because of the language. but
2: mm-hmm. well, Now I feel more confident, so I can push myself forward for something better. And if you hadn't gone abroad, would you say your career progression probably wouldn't have been as impressive as it had, has been? It would
4: have been absolute rubbish and i have been stuck in some factory for the last 30 years. <laughs> the turning point was that uh, when I got to France, I never got a, uh, I was hitching lifts around and I never got a lift, one lift. And so I ended up in one place with severe blisters on my feet and then stayed there and got offered a job and then that chance changed my life completely. My name's
5: Gemma Begheri, Um, I'm studying for a PhD in Astrophysics at a university in North London. In fact, um, I've got the opportunity to work abroad next year. I'm doing a research degree, um, so I'm going to go and work in Germany for a year for that. I think the reason I'm going is because the opportunities in England for what I do, which is astronomy, aren't that great, so there's a lot of opportunities abroad, in Europe especially.
4: I was working in uh, Europe's biggest youth hostel, in kitchens, in in the leisure industry, which I'd never considered ever Ever. And then they turned me that way and it was, it's been a roller coaster ever since.
2: And where's the best place you've ever worked abroad?
1: I oh, was too many to tell. <laughs> I mean, Sydney, marvellous. Tokyo, fantastic. Uh, Hong Kong, obviously. Singapore.
5: I really like Europe. Um, I wouldn't want to go to the States personally, um, but I think that for what I want to do, the Netherlands, Germany, France is where everything's happening, so that's probably one of the countries that I will end up being in.
4: I would recommend anybody to travel. Anybody. Because I'd never done it before, and when I did it, it was amazing.
0: Some of your stories on working overseas there, and if you'd like some expert advice on relocating abroad for work, we actually ran a live Q&A on this last week. So see our forum for more info. Another hot topic on careers this week came courtesy of a blog post by Laura Oliver, editor of journalism.co.uk, who was asking whether the journalism industry needs a new career fair. She noted how developments in the way news and content is now delivered has resulted in many new roles and career paths in the sector, but wondered whether entry-level journalists know enough about these
6: options. The unfortunate reality is that there won't be enough sport reporter, photographer, junior reporter positions to go round as each new batch of graduates comes into the workplace. Why not let them know where else in journalism and related industries their skills might make an impact? I think universities, colleges and other institutions offering journalism courses should also offer their students an updated careers fair with more advice on the range of media and journalism jobs out there beyond those that are already heard of and understood. That was an extract
0: from Laura Oliver's recent blog post. If there are any institutions out there who want to take up the challenge, let us know. Joining us now to talk about these emerging roles and how to get them is The Guardian's local launch editor, Sarah Hartley. Sarah's been an online journalist since 2000 after starting her career in regional newspapers. She blogs about the evolution of journalism, social media and online communities. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Thanks for coming in.
5: No, thank
0: you. Um, So we all know the media landscape is changing and lots of new stuff's coming through, but we're not saying that's new. But do you think there's wide enough awareness of the new roles that are
5: available and that graduates know about them? Well, it's interesting, because I think graduates may know about them perhaps a little bit more than, at some points, their teachers, their educators. And there's a whole sort of move now to sort of bring the courses and the syllabuses and and the modules that are taught into these new areas. Okay, so the students perhaps that you meet when you're out and about doing events and stuff, what sort of things do they want to
0: do, mainly, would you say?
5: Whenever I meet groups of students, I always try and ask... Where do you see yourselves going? What what sort of form of media interests you? Is it newspapers? Is it broadcast? Is it magazine? And uh, I have to say, sadly, a lot of people don't want to go into newspapers these days. I think the job cuts and the, the perception that it could be quite low paid uh, is having an impact on that. Um, but also, very few seem to see online as a career path, more a means to a, 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 another job, yeah. perhaps, but not a job in itself, which I find kind of disappointing, as it's such an exciting emerging area.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Do you get this where you might speak to people and they say, oh, I'm working online at the moment, but I really want to see my name in print.
5: Yeah, Do you get that quite a lot? Absolutely, as though it's some sort of secondary thing, whereas um. actually there's, the opportunities are there in the online sphere because that's you know where traditionally people haven't uh, you know haven't progressed if you like
0: yeah so should we go through some of the roles that are coming out now the ones that I sort of picked out community journalists maybe like moderating as well and the beat blogging project that you've been working on um can you tell us a bit about what these roles maybe offer and you know what you can expect if you're working in
5: something like that yeah it's funny the ones uh, that you chose social media officer um it's a, a way of interfacing if you like companies and not just media companies but uh you know retailers e-tailers you know finance houses all the rest of it are trying to find ways of creating that interface between the public or their consumers or the readers and uh you know their their core sort of business and so you're seeing quite a few of these communications type Roles, if you like, appearing all, all across businesses that aren't just media. So now, you know, you don't have to work for a media company to be involved in media. And I think social media officer probably comes into that category. Yeah. Community editors, apart from the fact that, you know, I'm sure Amazon and eBay have community editors as well. That's definitely emerged as a role that newspaper publishers and mainstream media are also uh, looking at now. People who have the skills to be able to network into a community and bring that community together, whether it's uh, around photography, for instance, or, you know, as well as business, it could be a geographical area, it could be a type of event or something similar. And so that role is becoming even more important in, in the mainstream media. What was the other one you mentioned? I said um, about moderation. And about bee- moderation, well. yeah. yeah. I mean, moderation tends to fall into a category of like specialist moderators or into that community role, really.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, we've got a great team here. Yeah. I mean, I've worked alongside them, and they have to have a really in-depth knowledge of news, and that's where I thought there was, that was maybe a good role for a, maybe a budding journalist.
5: I think it would be a good role for a budding journalist, and it would definitely pick up on some of the skills that it need to be a journalist... Uh, while also learning about the online environment, about what works, what doesn't, how to how to uh, manage a conversation and, and most importantly, how to participate in that conversation. And those skills are becoming ever more important.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, what about the, uh, what I haven't
0: mentioned? Have you come across any interesting posts or sort of types of work that, that people might not
5: be aware of? One of the interesting things has been to see uh, in the public sector how these roles are developing, and you quite often now find sort of... I don't know whether they're called social media officer, but that type of role within, say, a police force or a fire service, where it's important to communicate with the public... But not about it's not about nine 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 and things like that. It's more about building ongoing relationships. We've seen quite a few police forces, for instance, set up Facebook sites that are particularly aimed at younger people. And they're experimenting much more with these methods of communication. Now, whether that becomes under the marketing department or in the case of the police, I know a few police officers who've got their own personal sort of Twitter streams and Facebooks, which they're trying to build up relationships alongside what they're doing as a a corporate body, if you like.
0: And what about sort of approaching? You know, getting these jobs. Have you got any tips or, you know, uh, advice for people that might not might have come from traditional roles that need to
5: want to move into that sort of area? I mean, the first thing to do is to think very closely about your own profile, how you represent yourself online, because that's your employer's number one thing they're going to look at. I can't imagine a day where I'd look at a journalist who didn't have some sort of online profile if you're hiring in this sort of sphere that's very important
0: anything else
5: well and how that represents you and by that I mean you know you might have a Facebook group it might not be something you want your employers to take part in yeah definitely
0: um what about the um the local project can you tell
5: us a bit about that and what your beat bloggers do what does that job entail yeah beat blogging um as a term wasn't very common in the UK until we sort of started this project uh it's more Common, if you like, in America, and basically entails following a beat. So that beat could be, uh, could be science or fashion or whatever. But in our case, it is the local patch that these people are, are covering. And we've hired three beat bloggers in Cardiff, Edinburgh, and Leeds. And basically, their role is a mixture between good old-fashioned reporting, particularly around sort of local councils and democracy community management, people that want to comment, join in, collaborate with us on the journalism that happens on those blogs, and social media into the extent to which, you know, each of them runs their own Twitter stream, we get involved with Facebook and Flickr and and any emerging things that come along we will look at as well. So it's a sort of mash together of three things that are very important in their own rights but attempting to sort of Put them into one role, and uh, see if we can cover a city in that way. What were you looking for when you were recruiting your beat bloggers? I know we talked a bit about sort of like mm. online profile and stuff, but what were you what did you have your eye on um, has to have a, a core journalistic ability uh, whether that was gained through what you might consider a traditional route or not that that was very important, obviously because these you know they 're each holding the line if you like of of reporting in their city so needed that ability uh, but also yeah the ability to empathize with people in the community and be led a little bit by that agenda rather than kind of coming into it and having a set agenda about how they how they would or wouldn't cover certain issues a lot of issues we're finding are emerging from the communities that we're covering. And so we see it more as a partnership, networked way of working with the public than than the old-fashioned way of sort of dictating down.
0: Can we just talk a bit about your own career? I mean, what attracted you to digital and how did
5: you first sort of start getting involved in online journalism? Well, I first got involved with it sort of out of uh, need rather than sort of uh, philosophy, if you like. At the time, I was working for the Northern Echo um, up in Darlington and we had a, a story about a guy who was doing a round-the-world boat trip in memory of his grandfather. At the time, he was setting off. He had some basic equipment. This was 1999, and w- you know when he left the port in Hartlepool, that was going to be it, really, and then he'll come back a few months later, and we we'll are write about it again then. But um, I suddenly thought, well, wouldn't it be great if we could sort of follow that a bit. And so we did. We set up what was then very, very basic way of dealing with that and uh, followed his journey around the world. And that kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities that might then come and I moved from that point from my news editing job into the online part of the company so it was a very different world
0: and what do you see coming in the future I was having a look on your blog and there was a was it journalism 2012 so you're looking a couple of years ahead but what roles do
5: you expect to see coming through even beyond that yeah I mean 2012 is actually more difficult than say 2022 or something (laughs) because it's nearly here And so it was quite a difficult experiment, that, and it was part of something called MELD, which happens at the University of Central Lancashire, where they put some sort of industry BODs together to see whether we could help come up with uh, some subjects or programs that they'd be able to incorporate into the teaching of journalism we sort of considered what sort of skills might be coming up and within the things we've talked about, obviously did figure because they figure now, so they will still be there probably in two years' time, but things around marketing, about how how to finance journalism, whether journalists will be predominantly self-employed and be seeking their own revenue streams and funding and becoming more entrepreneurial in their own right, you know, not just within an organisation, came through very strongly during that sort of two-day think tank. And, you know, the, that future depends where you sit, if that is completely terrifying or something that is challenging and, and ready to embrace, but I don't think any of us thought that isn't going to, you know, that isn't going to happen, things are going to return to normal and this is all <laughs> a horrible nightmare. You know, that, that isn't the case. The world has really significantly changed. And so the role of a journalist will significantly change too.
0: Thanks again to Sarah Hartley for her advice on new jobs in journalism. Now there are a couple of new media jobs in the jobs chart and here to help reveal the top 10 we have producer Kate and Ali
6: White.
2: An arts role kicks off the chart at 10. Artistic venue the South Bank Centre needs a marketing officer.
6: Sunderland University Students' Union wants a creative and innovative designer for the role of media and design assistant at nine.
2: A job in the heart of Westminster at eight, The House of Commons is looking for a Parliament and 2012 project manager to get involved with the development of a series of performances and an exhibition.
6: Homeless Charities Centrepoint is looking for an experienced housing services manager for a service leader post at seven.
2: At six, Action for Blind People is looking for a families worker to work with visually impaired children and young people across Northamptonshire.
6: Five is a publisher coordinator role at Diabetes UK. You'll be working on the charity's magazine, Balance, and providing administrative support for the publishing team.
2: A chance to work for the British Transport Police at four. Excellent analytical and research skills are among the requirements for the post of Performance Research Manager.
6: At three, Holyrood Magazine is looking for an experienced journalist to join its editorial team in Edinburgh.
2: A chance to help Nottingham City Council reach its climate change targets at two. You'll work in partnership with other major cities in this role as Climate Change Manager.
6: And top of the jobs this week is a Director of Finance vacancy for Poole Hospital NHS Foundation Trust. Working in an area of outstanding natural beauty close to the Jurassic Coast, you will be driving forward a major financial efficiency programme.
0: You can find out more about these jobs at guardianjobs.co.uk. Before we go, let's have a quick look at next week's diary. Ali, what have we got coming up?
2: OK, well, May 12th, we have What Can You Do With A Degree in Sports Science? And on the May 13th, Roots Into Filmmaking. And then we see on May 14th, we're running a guide to graduate schemes. Great. Thanks, Ali. That
0: brings us to the end of the show. Thanks very much to our guests, Sarah Hartley, Julian Lindley, all you kind people who took a few minutes out of your busy lives to share your views on working abroad, and, of course, Alison White. I'm Kerry Eustace. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. Until next week, goodbye.